We're born into our names, but we become family by heart. I'm Dustin Gruss, public speaker and family transition coach. When my wife and I found out in the beginning of 2016 that we weren't going to be able to have our own biological children just seven months into our marriage, we were shook. Little did we know what lied ahead through our journey of infertility, foster care, and where we are now having recently adopted our two beautiful boys. What we do know is every little bit of help we got along the way was priceless. And that's what we can expect with this podcast. Stories of inspiration and resources to lead you through that journey. From the heartbreak of infertility to the hope and blessings that come with foster care and adoption. We may have different stories, backgrounds, and names, but we're all family here. This is Family by Heart. What's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of Family by Heart. I am your host, Dustin Gruss, and you know here we are born into our names, but we become family by heart. And I am very pleased to have with me uh, someone I've known for many, many years, and she's also the creator of this beautiful piece of artwork uh, behind us. It was a wonderful gift she gave to us when we adopted our boys. And she is also the executive assistant with Cleveland Angels, which uh, you've heard me talk about in a couple previous episodes. And she's here with me today to talk about how she got into Cleveland Angels and assisting with foster care uh, or organizations that support foster care and a little bit about what Cleveland Angels does. So Hannah Budick, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I think it still said Budick, even though you told me Budick. So <laughs> it is, Hannah Budick, so, so great to have you. Thank you. So again, you and I go way back. We go back to our high school years, even before that, because mm-hmm. really, I think I was in kindergarten with your sister, Carolyn, yes. and then you were David's age, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother, David. Mm-hmm. And so our families have known each other for many, many years, and and one thing I didn't bring up in the pre-interview and stuff was that your parents actually, I remember growing up, your parents fostered a lot. Yes. Um, how, what was that like for you growing up in a house that had parents that fostered? I think it was huge to me in um, a lot of ways, but um, we started when, I, I can't remember how old I was, um, in elementary school though. And I remember one day my parents came to us as kids and um, I have an older brother, Ben and younger sister, Carolyn, and they came to us and said, you know, we want to make a family decision and talk about um, uh, taking in babies who are in foster care and, um, or will be coming into foster care. And um, would you guys be on board? Of course. I mean, right. as a little girl and I wanted to be around babies all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we all decided to do it. I'm glad my parents asked us. I think it was important to be like a family decision. Absolutely. Um, and, um, so I remember social workers. I remember doing all like the preparation or the, my, was the kid part of the preparation for it. Um, and I just remember being so excited, um, every time that we would be having a new, uh, baby come into our house. So we only, um, uh, took in newborns. Mm -hmm. So they came straight from the hospital and they would stay between, you know, a couple weeks and several months. Um, 
And it was just always the most exciting day at school or longest day at school when I <laughs> knew like we would come home and there would be a new baby. And so we had, um, I think 18 growing yeah. up and my mom made a scrapbook for each one of them still has them. The pictures are start starting to fall out cause it's been a while, oh. <laughs> but, um, uh, so yeah, we had 18 babies and, um, they were, it was hugely impactful to me, yeah. um, in my love for people and, um, children. And I think our most vulnerable children Absolutely. as well, without knowing that that was, you know, growing in me, that was an important part of growing up. So. Absolutely. And you said the longest you recall is a few months it was with you. Yeah, and... I think we, I think we had one who um, was a little bit longer than that, but I think about six months was pretty much the average time that we had yeah. the babies and they, um, you know, it only took a day to fall in love with oh, them. Absolutely. <laughs> so whether it was a couple of weeks or the six months or, or a little bit longer, it was, you know, ripping a part of your heart out when you had to let them go to the next place that they, that, were, they needed to go to be adopted or go back to their birth family. So it was hard and, and then, we weren't allowed to know, um, you know, where, where they were going. Um, so it was important to have a good relationship with our, um, the case, the social worker mm -hmm. so that we could, I mean, we had to trust that the system would do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. And that, that is, I think a huge part for people uh, that have interest or are curious about the foster system now is because there are so many horror stories when it comes to sure, the, the you system. Sure. hear the horror stories. There yeah. are that there are so many. Yes. Uh, but there are also the stories that, and it seems unfortunately that way with our culture now mm -hmm. that you're seeing more of the negative and yeah. it really takes a lot of extra effort to put the good in front of mm -hmm. other people, which is why I'm so glad that organizations like Cleveland angels exist mm -hmm. and that they find the right people like yourself to get involved with it, to highlight it. Cause uh, just as long as I've known you, you've always had a passion for helping people and that's been mm -hmm. the pretty way. And, <laughs> And, you know, your, your dad, I've been living back in Ohio for, uh, I think this year is going to be eight years. And your dad, as far as I know, has won two like citizen type awards yeah. in the eight years I've been home. So, <laughs> so I guess in another four years, I'll win another one. This is my guess. So. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but no, that's just kind of been your way. And you're, younger sister, uh, she adopted as mm -hmm. well. And uh, I was hoping to get her on for an episode earlier, but hopefully I'll get her, her and Paul on. But mm -hmm. so I know that part is probably impactful for you as well, mm -hmm. seeing the adoption side of things. Sure. But it is foster care awareness month and, and you're here to talk about that. So between your parents fostering for so many years and growing up in the atmosphere, to now being a mom yourself of two kids, mm -hmm. two boys, and um, and how that is, what led you to get back into uh, the foster journey and and helping out and getting involved with Cleveland Angels? Well, that's a great question. I um, and it might be a long answer. Hey, <laughs> you might have right. to bring me back. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I've I've always wanted. I've always talked about um, possibly becoming a foster family, licensed foster family. Um, but everyone, everyone needs to be on board and it needs to be the right decision for your whole family. Absolutely. 
Um, and um, I think that's why when I found out about Cleveland Angels, I was so excited because it wasn't the right decision for our entire family to become a foster family. Um, but that didn't mean that I couldn't be involved. Um, and so when I found out that um, I could, because I thought um, I'm not a social worker, I don't have a background in social work, I'm not um, a licensed foster parent. So how can I do anything to help um, the foster care community? And so when I found out about Cleveland Angels and started digging a little bit more about it, because um, you do need to, you know, dig a little bit to find out exactly Absolutely. what um, different nonprofit organizations do. Um, it was so exciting because I thought, this is for me. This is where this is where I feel like I could have a huge impact and not have to either be a social worker or mm -hmm. um, a foster parent. So um, I, when I found out, um, I mean, my head is going in so many places right well, now. Well, here, let me, let me help you out a little bit. So <laughs> okay. you, you started, you found out about it, you did some research, and then you ended up signing up to be a board member first. Yes. So uh, then you made a transition. So tell us how you got involved in the So you found out about it. Mm -hmm. How did you get involved in becoming a board member? And then how it then transitioned to you being an executive assistant? So that's the, the beauty of social media. There's a lot of ugly to social media. There's a lot of beauty to it. So um, I found out about it um, through social media. My um, uh, And so... Then I saw by starting to follow them that they were looking for board members. And I thought with my um, past history with a, um, a foster care, I thought maybe this was my like way to get into it. So I was so excited. I um, got brought onto the um, board and then found out that they were looking for an executive assistant. So I applied for that. Um, and it's been really just um, kind of a a beautiful woven story, at least um, <laughs> in my heart. So. I think um, I, I definitely, the more I found out about it, the more I wanted to be involved and the more I wanted to be able to do. Um, and I just, I want to help people and help people help people. Okay. So um, I feel like this, this organization does exactly that. Mm -hmm. And so the more I found out about it and the more I read up on it um, and the more I got um, involved, the more I just loved it and then started talking with you yeah. and hearing your story and the way that it impacted your family. Mm -hmm. Um, just actually seeing the, the fruit of it just yeah. it's beautiful. And Cleveland angels has been a huge influence and in our sponsor, our love box family, uh, mm -hmm. the Tomash family, Cynthia and Sarah Tomash. Uh, they've been wonderful and Sarah is graduating from high school and, yes, and we're wishing her the best. Um, and Cynthia, thank you so much for everything you do. But the love box is one of the things to do. There's a mentorship program, um, which you've gotten involved in since mm -hmm. in, in addition to being an executive assistant. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Cleveland Angels does and, um, and opportunities for people. Okay. Awesome. Um, Okay, you're gonna have to bring me back again. That's, okay. hey, that's all right. That's that's what I'm here for. This is not what I do well. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Um, the um, so Cleveland Angels is a nonprofit that um, brings community um, into the foster care community to support families who are currently um, uh, foster families, um, and to bring community alongside them to surround that whole family. So whether there are 
more children in the family and then they're bringing in a, a child or youth um, uh, through the foster care system. As soon as a child is placed into a foster family, that's when we get involved. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep the current families who are doing the heavy lifting, the, the labor of love for um, being foster families. We want to help them mm -hmm. stay foster families. 50% and I'm going to start throwing stats out. Uh, that's 50, what you're here for. That's good. 50% of um, licensed foster homes close within the first year of, um, of opening their homes as foster family. And as you obviously know and can attest to, it takes a lot to become a licensed foster family mm -hmm. classes and get everything lined up and approved and consistently staying current with it. Um, so for the fact that, you know, one out of every two families closes within the first year, um, mainly due to lack of support. Um, that's where the model of Cleveland Angels is so important. Um, Just to interject there too, mm -hmm. and and I talked about this in the episode with Jamal Callahan. Um, one is exactly right that the lack support you get support right away um, from your friends, family, community, church members, whoever it may be, and then it seems like after a while it starts to dry out. And one of the things that Jamal and I hit on as well was that you you go through all those pre-service hours, all those hours of training. And while it's great and you learn a lot of things, there's really still not a lot that really prepares you for what you experience as a foster parent. It's really kind of trial by fire, thrown in with the sharks, whatever analogy you want to use. Um, you are learning a lot of it because it they teach you more about how to deal with trauma, how to disengage uh you know tantrums and how to bring them down and and how to get how to talk to the kids and but it doesn't really prepare you for everything that is part of the foster process and which is one of the reasons why i want to start this podcast and get organizations like cleveland angels um to the front of the line and, and spread the word more so people out there see that there's opportunities to be supported if you're feeling you are a foster parent you feel like you need more support please look there's angels chapters all over the country mm -hmm. um obviously we're here in cleveland but there's angel chapters all over there's other organizations and like you said social media there's the beautiful parts and there's the ugly parts mm -hmm. the beautiful parts i've heard a lot about whether it be infertility or the foster network there are groups out there that do absolutely support each other mm -hmm. and lift each other up and um and again, Cleveland Angels is one of those. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's absolutely important that those families are feeling support. Because when you told me that stat in our conversation a couple months ago, I couldn't believe it. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I can believe right. it after having gone through that experience ourselves. Right, right. And the whole family mm -hmm. needs support that, so that the whole family can stay as a foster family, mm -hmm. um, the children who are in foster care that are being removed from their home for whatever reason, they're experiencing trauma. Some of them an insane amount of trauma. And some of them, even if they don't know it, even if they're so young um, and infants, they're still experiencing trauma. And that's a whole nother subject yeah. um, to go on to. But um, they need the support as well. And they need to be supported all together as a family unit um, so that they can stay consistent that there are, I can't remember the percentage of, um, 
uh, moves, but it's like up to seven times in two years yeah. that the average um, child in foster care gets moved. And every single time they move, it's it's shown that six months um, step back in education, in their education wise. I mean, they're changing friends and teachers. And even if it's within the same community, I mean, structure of the home is different and yeah. they just need consistency. And these um, kids deserve normalcy. And the families that are caring for them deserve normalcy um, as well, um, because it's um, you know traumatic for everybody in different mm -hmm. ways, and um, they just need support. So that's the Love Box. We have two programs: um, the Love Rock Love Box program, and then the Dare to Dream program. Dare to Dream um, is for the older older children uh, and youth. Um, I think it's eleven to twenty two, um, and that's the mentorship program. And I'm excited because I got to jump in and. Um, got matched, um, with, uh, a girl and, um, I get to be her mentor and it's been great. And I am learning so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm learning way more than she is from me. I'm learning from her, but she is, it's just amazing to watch just, you know, what we're doing right now. We're um, going to start planting a garden and, nice. um, things like that. So we can see kind of the fruits of our labor, I guess, um, as it, as it goes um, and to have something to do while we're talking or not talking, just hanging out. Um, so the, the mentorship um, is a big part. And then the love box program, that's the one you have experience mm -hmm. with um, where uh, families um, who are referred to us or self-refer um, in our program, we have volunteers, we're all volunteer based. Um, and so our case managers, we have amazing case managers and program director, um, everyone I get to work with. I'm so lucky to be able to <laughs> know them. They're great to talk to um, and learn more about it. Um, but they work to match families with um, foster families with volunteer families it can be one to do be a love box leader. It can be a whole group of people. It can be a family mm -hmm. matched with a family um, that have needs that kind of match up with what we, what the other family can give. So, um, and then it's just a once a month um, time to get together. A lot of families will do more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's really re relationally built. So um, there's physical needs that are, you know, um, items that may be needed in the love box, but knowing that you're going to have your, your people to talk to mm -hmm. at least once yeah. a month at start, if you start texting, um, you know, just communication that again, families, it, it's not for families that don't have family around or don't have friends. I mean, some people have all of that and you still, you still need, yeah. you can never have enough people, you know, yeah. and to support you and give you different outlook and advice. And, um, so it looks different for every group. Um, and I think that's what makes it awesome. Yeah. Um, I think, um, another thing, and this is sort of on topic, um, <laughs> that I didn't know I'm learning so much just in being here just a couple of months, but that you can't, if you, um, or a foster family and you have a child, um, that's in your care. Um, you can't get your normal babysitter to babysit yeah. them. Um, so if I had my boys at home and I got to foster, a, a a child, I couldn't have the same babysitter for them unless that babysitter was background checked. Yeah. So, um, you know, once a month or less or more, however you work it out, if you, 
it, since you, to be a love box leader or in the programs for dare to dream, you have to be, um, background checked and everything. So that means you can babysit if that's part of what you work out to mm -hmm. be with your group. So, um, I think, you know, just to let, you know, the, the parents go for a walk or the mom go for a walk and be able to stay home with them and not have to, you know, find someone and go through that background. It's already been done. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of a, an important part too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so. Again, Cynthia and her husband, Seth, um, have been awesome and they've given us date nights and stuff. And, and so much so the kids are so comfortable with them that literally will come back from date night to pick them up and our kids will start crying because yeah. they do not want to leave. So it's like, well, thank you. Like <laughs> we've got to deal with a little tantrum here, but that's okay. Like it's it, the kids go to them and they feel loved and yeah. safe. And, and, you know, even when it was just Dracy, like he was attached with all of them right away and the mm -hmm. dogs. And, and so it's been, amazing to have that support and like you said even though you have your family and friends and stuff they all have their own lives as well so mm -hmm. the i think the important thing with that love box family is that their primary focus is you mm -hmm. to be there to support you and they can listen to you. they're going to pay attention to what's going on with the case and so you can kind of vent and open up about that mm -hmm. and then be on top of it and you know if they're spiritual they'll pray for you or pray with mm -hmm. you whatever it may be and and even though we are now have moved on from it, like our connection with Cynthia and Seth and Sarah is something that's not going away anytime mm -hmm. soon. Like uh, just last week before she was heading out of town for her anniversary, Cynthia dropped off a Mother's Day gift for Leanne because it's Leanne's first Mother's Day yes. as an official mom. Oh, so it was just God. the sweetest thing and, and just amazing family. And that's what the Love Box family is about and the Dare to Dream program. Uh, that's wonderful too. Again, Seth, is a dare dream um mentor as well mm -hmm. so again just awesome and and again it's just proof that even if your family isn't all on board being a foster family mm -hmm. there are still ways to help and again another one that uh, jamal mentioned was a uh, casa uh court appointed sponsor or i'm gonna mess that up now I i'm gonna talk back about something yeah it's the court appointed advocate. I forget what that says. Something advocate yeah. too. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to look back. I feel I feel bad now. It's it's. I had a presentation yesterday, hour long presentation. So <laughs> words are escaping me right now. Um, but no, it's there are many ways to get involved. So that's why again, I'm just so glad organizations like Cleveland Angels are around. Um, what. What has opened your eyes the most when it comes to Cleveland Angels and their interaction with the foster system? Um, there's a lot. Um, I do want to say before I answer that, that the, um, the commitment for the Love Box program and the Dare to Dream um, is one year. So, and I'll talk about that in a second um, about how people can get involved or learn more if they want to. Um, but it's one year, but a lot of our families um, go a second and, and keep going. And we're fairly young. We just turned four years old um, as an organization. So um, there are 18, no, I'm sorry, 22 um, angels chapters in 18 states. I think that's how it goes. Oh go. my gosh, I'll have to figure it out. But anyway, <laughs> um, we were the, the third or the fourth um, 
to begin. So um, Gretchen Dupes is our um, executive director and um, she's phenomenal and just has a heart and a passion and um, that, you know, we, someone needs to stand in the gap and um, be strengthening and be community um, um, within the foster care community. So I think I, what's really um, hit me the most are, um, uh, if you look at our website, we have our impact report um, and you can see kind of a lot more of the statistics and everything, but it just is, uh, I've just learned so much about um, trauma and mm -hmm. how relationships can heal trauma and how um, just play can um, heal trauma and things like that. So the more trusted and consistent um, adult relationships people have um, and children in foster care have, um, the more they can heal and get what they need um, mm -hmm. in order to succeed. And these, I've heard it said before, they're, um, what? they're not. All right. So we had to take a short break mm -hmm. uh, to collect our thoughts. And we had a little guy wake up from his nap to join us. So this is Draco, if you have not seen him in any of my posts, but you're going to ask some questions too. He looks super snuggly. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. So, um, so we're talking about uh, things that have opened your eyes the most when it comes to Cleveland angels and, right. and something that I was jumping onto you, like statistics and other. Yeah. Things. Um, and just uh, just learning about uh, what heals trauma and um, relational mm -hmm. healing, um, things like that, and consistency and normalcy, and those are all things that these kids who are in care deserve. Um, and Tim Belseth, he is—I um, I don't know what his, what his position is, but he did, um, did a lot of research at and continues to at UT and. Um, he said that, and this one hit me big time. He said that foster care is a legal status, not a personality trait. And I thought that was so just clear. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not foster kids. They're kids who are in foster care through no, no fault of their own. And they deserve all the support and, and um, chance that they can have in order to um, grow up and do the things that they're more than capable of doing. And growing up to be, I mean, the, the statistics of homelessness and, um, you know, fo the foster care system should not be a feeder for prisons. I mean, I think it's like 80, 80% of, and I could be wrong on that, but 80 some percent of those in, um, um, in, is it like the judicial system or something or in prisons had roots in foster care. And that's yeah. just not. I mean, there's just a lot that it seems like such a big issue and an overwhelming issue um, that I thought that I could have no way of helping mm -hmm. um, just by being, um, you know, a stay-at-home mom um, or working anywhere else. Like, I, I guess I'm like, oh, well, I, this isn't where I'm able to help Ooh. out, even though there's such a, you know, such a need for, for help. But that I was wrong. I mean, there are ways mm -hmm. of getting involved and that we're completely um, volunteer where we rely on our volunteers. Mm -hmm. So um, like right now we have 27 families on our wait list for um, uh, foster families who want to um, connect with a love box group. 
So we have 27 families who want to be matched and get the support of the community. So we are looking for volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking for mentors um, as well. Um, and I have two groups. Can I read? Uh, Absolutely. For? Okay. Absolutely. So if anyone hearing this, um, we've changed the names so that um, to protect the privacy. But um, so family one is in Cleveland Heights. Um, Sam is a single kinship caregiver to his goddaughter, Ava, who's 15. And Ava's been through some significant trauma, but is open and willing to work with Sam and would like to continue to accept more foster and Oh, and Sam would like to continue to accept more foster placements as well, which is amazing. So the mm -hmm. family's looking for emotional support, quality time, and activities in the community. Again, the normalcy um, as well as well as practical help like meal sharing. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a family in Cleveland Heights who would love to be matched with someone. Um, and then Solon. Um, Natalie is a single parent who has adopted two boys through foster care, ages 16 and 12, and is currently caring for baby Zachary, who is almost one. Um, little Zachary has separation anxiety from being removed from his parents and has trouble separating from Natalie. Um, the family would love some relational support. Um, and is, uh, she's looking for a love box group who'd like to help expand his circle of trusted people, both to allow her and her son some time together, which is uh, you know, the whole root of why we do this um, and for the um, uh, emotional development of the little guy. So there's just two examples of families, real families, names are changed, um, but that's why we're looking to match them. And, and it's, um, uh, it's not just random. We really want our case, our case managers really work hard to get the right families with the right volunteers mm -hmm. so that everyone is like, working together and getting what they need. And then the, the, the leaders giving what they can to. So. Absolutely. And again, I'll attest they do an amazing job of it. And if that sounds like anything you could do to help um, here in the Cleveland area or wherever you're at, again, look for different uh, angels chapters where you're at. Mm -hmm. Cause again, that's two examples. She said there's 27 mm -hmm. and that is just 27 families, whereas you heard some numbers from Jamal and my interview where there is close to 15,000 kids in the Ohio mm -hmm. and over nearly 500,000 kids in the foster system in the U.S. So just think about all the families that are in need of support as well. Um, so please, if you can, and again, don't think you're just going to be paired up with just any old family, uh, they do an amazing job. Uh, I could tell you, especially since they just sent us something, April, one of the incredible people at Cleveland Angels, uh, sent us a very nice memento for Foster Care Awareness Month. Uh, we received yesterday, we already have it up on the wall. They make sure they're nurturing the foster families and the Love Box families. It's a nurturing environment to bring that normalcy and love and comfort to everyone. So just if you think you can help, uh, in any way, please, please get involved. Look, look up. Um, how can they contact Cleveland Angels? And and is there a National Angels website mm -hmm. that directs them to? Yes, there's a National Angels website, um, and they're based in Houston. Um, and then they can click on the link and find out all the different places um, that there are um, Angels chapters for Cleveland. It's just cleangels.org. Um, you can email us at info at cleangels.org. 
um, or um, just to find out more and we can have you talk with the right caseworker, case manager um, to just answer your questions, answer any questions that they have about possibly getting involved. Um, I highly recommend looking at the impact report on our website because it just talks a lot about, you know, the 4,000 children in care just in greater Cleveland alone. And um, so we gotta, we gotta be there for those kids and those families. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's, I don't think we would be where we are today without the support we had of Cleveland angels and Cynthia and Sarah and Seth and their boys and, and the boys were off at college, but they were part of it too. So we felt the love from that. Um, is what else can you do you think is important for people to know about Cleveland Angels or just ways to help the foster system in general? Is there anything you feel like that we're we're missing uh, so far in your conversation? Um, I think um, don't sell yourself short or count yourself out, and in how you can be an impact. I think. People might be listening to this or I have people in mind that they could talk to about it. Um, if you don't feel like you have the time, but you have the resources and you want to donate, um, that really helps us as well. There's a donate now button on our website, or you can just reach out to us and ask us about that. Um, just getting involved, just being, being loving and kind and, and thoughtful, just in general, just thinking about what people are going through. I mean, I know everyone's talking about that and I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> so I just, you know, again, it's not a, a personality trait. These kids just, um, and the families just need our support. And so, um, if you, if people want to find out more information about how they can be involved, it's, it's really easy to do. And we'd be happy to talk with anyone about the way they specifically could. So. Awesome. And then you guys just had a amazing event at the end of April. Mm -hmm. um, and if, what could you tell us about that? And then I know you're also planning some other uh, activities. I know some of them are personally at your home mm -hmm. and stuff, but uh, just to give an idea, people an idea of ways, again, that they can help donating, mm -hmm. um, getting involved in events like that was in April or even sure. hosting events like you're planning hosting at your home. Yeah. If um, I'd love it, if uh, I, one way is to join our mailing list, because then you can just get emails from us um, about what's coming up. Um, so or following us on social media is helpful to even LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and then our mailing list and email list. Um, we upcoming we, we just had a fundraiser at the zoo and that was great um, and got um, uh, quite a bit of. Uh, information out about that and um, people supporting us that way um, and learning more about us. And then this summer, um, I'm excited about this um, summer community picnic for all the foster um, families and the volunteers. And that's going to be um, coming up this summer. And so we just want to get everyone together that's part of our programming and volunteers so that everyone can kind of be normal seats together, you know, because, mm -hmm. um, uh, just knowing that everyone there is part of it is, I think, would be impactful. Um, so we will be having some like Amazon wish lists for school supplies mm -hmm. for that. Um, we're going to be doing some things um, that we would love to have sponsors for. So, uh, for instance, like backpacks and um, for um, special, we want to get kids' names um, printed on pencil pouches and things like that. Mm -hmm. If someone would want to donate, you know what that would cost 
um, to do, I have all the numbers on it, um, then, you know, that would be a cool thing to just say, hey, I want to sponsor the pencil pouches um, or sponsor the food for the event or things like that. Um, that way we're able to put all everything else back into the kids. So awesome. Yeah. So if, if anyone wants to find out more about that, they can email me at Hannah at cleangels.org too. Awesome. So. Well, we got our <laughs> special guest here is getting a little antsy. He's on the move. Do you have any questions yourself for her? Do you have any questions for Hannah? No, I just want your binky. Okay. No, that's okay. Um, so again, you had Hannah at cleangels.org. And then again, the website is cleangels.org. And there are, again, National Angels uh, National Angels website, and I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. And uh, also, again, I don't want to discount this amazing <laughs> art uh, that Handed Honey Bee Design is the <laughs> other uh, Instagram page to follow and Thank see you. all our incredible artwork. Oh, we just, <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful piece Thank of work. You. So we appreciate that in you. Thanks. So. Uh, Hannah, thank you so much for being here and for talking about Cleveland Angels and and just kind of letting people know ways that they can help. And that's important because, you know, we all have different ideas of who we are, how we can help, uh, things that we're capable of. And as she said, don't sell yourself short uh, because while we are born into our names, we become family by heart. Thanks. What's up, family? Dustin here. Just wanted to follow up with you uh, at the end of that episode. There was a lot of amazing information in there about how you can help the foster system, even if you are not going to be a foster parent yourselves. As Hannah mentioned, there's the Dare to Dream mentorship program. There's Lovebox Families. There's donations, uh, both monetary and supplies. Uh, many, many things that you can do. Um, and a couple post interview notes. One, Hannah mentioned uh, that the headquarters was in Houston, Texas for National Angels. It's actually Austin, Texas. There is a chapter in Houston, but the headquarters is Austin, Texas. And then as far as Dare to Dream mentors, there's needs in the Cleveland area if you are around here. For females, there's a need for the Elyria and surrounding areas. And then for men, we need some male mentors in the Parma and Euclid and surrounding areas as well. And again, Hannah mentioned a couple of love box opportunities as well as the other 27 opportunities to be a love box family matched up there in the Northeast Ohio area. Again, if you're interested in any of that information and finding a chapter near you, it's nationalangels.org. Or if you want information on the Cleveland area, you could send an email to info at cleangels.org or just go to the website cleangels.org. Uh, if you have any questions at all, please feel free to message me, Dustin at Step Up to Greatness. And please feel free to like, comment, subscribe, and share where able when it comes to this podcast. And if you have a story, whether it be fertility issues, foster care, adoption, or maybe you're deciding just to be a fur baby parent or not even parents at all. I still want to know your story. And I think other people's want to hear it too. So please feel free to message me about that. Because you know what? We're all born into our names, but we become family by heart.